Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Sixer Sense Podcast. I'm Lucas with Jonathan here. And even though it's the lull of the offseason, we still got some stuff to talk about. But before we get into that, Jonathan, how's your week been going, bud? It's going pretty good, man. Not too bad. Getting ready, uh, getting out of some busy stuff. So, I mean, yeah, we're in the dog days of summer. I'm just waiting for the season to start. How's your week been? It's been going all right, man. I rearranged my living room uh, this afternoon, so that was that was a task in itself. Keeps you busy. Yeah, I definitely did. Um, that being all said, right, well, we got we got some stuff to talk about still. Yeah. So now that we brought Pat back Paul Reed, brought him back after uh, Danny Ainge tried to tempt us not to with the uh, poison pill in the contract. We should talk a little bit about Paul Reed shooting. I mean, you've mentioned it before. He said he had a decent shooting percentage in the um, from three in, in the G League, and some videos come out recently. So do you think that he can play exclusively maybe at the power forward spot as opposed to a center? And uh, can he become a threat that stretches the floor? Well, I mean, it's definitely a possibility. I mean, look, in the G League for Delaware, in the two seasons that he played, uh, during the regular season, he shot – uh, in two regular seasons, his average three-point percentage was 43.6% on almost four attempts per game. In the showcase, uh, you know, he, he didn't do too well in that. But the regular season, that's the big sample size there. And I, I think it's possible. Look, Reed's three, you know, form, which we've seen before, is not the smoothest. It's not the smoothest. And there's been Harrison Grimm posted a video of Paul Reed playing. And you, you saw the form. It's not great. But. It, the if he, if it goes in, it goes in. Look, I mean, we've seen uglier forms, a.k.a. Sean Marion, right? So, and it worked. So, I, I think it's possible. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Sean Marion, shout out to him, right? Matrix, is that what the – yeah, that was his nickname, wasn't it? Matrix. Man, that was an awful shot, especially in video games mm-hmm. watching that, man. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I think it's possible for him to be a, a threat from outside. I mean, it's you know, we haven't really – I don't even know if he's ever attempted a three-point shot for the Sixers in a regular season game. But, I, I mean, look, Doc Rivers really likes his centers to play one type of way. So, Nick Nurse, I, I think we can – it's safe to say that he's going to let Paul experiment a little bit more. So, I wouldn't – I would not be surprised if, if they did experiment more with that and – with that in mind, I, I think that we'll probably see more of Paul Reed stretching the floor. And I think playing powerful forward, I mean, look, it's sending a clear message that we didn't, you know, retain George's Niang or, you know, go after a key, you know, stretch for and free agency. So I, I think there's a belief that not only Tobias Harris and 
PJ Tucker can hold down the position that, you know, that Paul Reed can do too. And I mean, who knows about Mo Bamba, right? So I, I think it's possible. Yeah, I think with all those players on the roster, obviously you're going to have like a lot of diversity in the lineup having they're not all going to be playing at the same time, but they can all play multiple positions. So Nick Nurse can definitely play with a lot of different lineups and a lot of different players in different spots. But if Paul Reed kind of does get moved towards that power forward spot, do you think like who would you expect to be the primary center backup throughout most of the season for Joel? I mean, obviously, we would expect Paul Reed to play some time there. I don't think it's going to be exclusively he's going to be exclusively a power forward. But uh, I would expect Mobamba. I think, you know, Montrez has proven that he's probably best served as a bench vet, vet at this point. You know, the Udonis Haslam role. And uh, I don't really trust um, Petrusev yet. So, I mean, unless Petrusev proves to be so much better than the sixth, former sixth overall pick by the Orlando Magic, Mobamba. I, I think it's safe to say that it's probably going to be Mobamba, or they might just both split time there. It just depends. Could could Reed come into the form where he might start over PJ Tucker? That is a really good question. The, I guess the real question is: Should PJ be starting at all um, during the regular season? Or, yeah, or will he be in Philly? Ooh, ooh, ooh. The tough questions are being asked tonight, guys. Um, I mean, look, I think that they would try to trade P.J. Tucker. I don't know if it would, they would wait in, for salary cap space next year. I don't know if that means he's going to get traded this uh, during the season, before the season with the with James Harden, or if it's going to be until next offseason when they try to open up cap space. But I, I, I don't think P.J. finishes that contract here. That being said, working under the assumption that he will be on the team on opening night, um, I I don't think PJ should ta- start, and it has nothing. I I have no ill will towards PJ. I just think that he's better served at thirty. What is he? Thirty seven, thirty eight, coming off the bench at this point. I like who's unless you're LeBron James, who starts at that age, right? I, yeah. I can't think of a player that starts at that age. Uh, you know, so. I I think that he should be coming. I think that you should move Tobias back to the four, and then you know maybe maybe Daniel House or DeAnthony Melton, or heck even think about maybe Corkmaz as your fifth starter. I don't know. But so so don't you think though that isn't PJ Tucker's like biggest value to a team the fact that he can kind of like guard a number of positions and get under star skins like they try and get him to guard Giannis and stuff like that. How does coming off the bench? help him match up with those comp players. I mean, look, I'm not saying do it during the playoffs. I'm saying do it during the regular season. The guy's old, man. Okay. You got to save his legs. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't have to agree with me on it, but that's just my take on it. I would try to save his legs as much as possible. No, look, I agree. I think he should be coming off the bench, but I don't think then he provides the value that you want him to have. So then it's almost like, why is he on the team? But no. I, I do agree that I don't not- think that he should be starting. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter who starts. It matters who finishes, right? Yep. So, yep. Yeah, there's there's that, too. But if if PJ does come off the bench, I mean, Paul Reed should be in consideration, but I don't think it would start out the season that way. Paul has to really impress to be able to claim this job from PJ and House or Korkmaz or Melton. I, I just – and I don't see that happening unless, you know, Paul Reed makes a big leap, which, I mean, hey – 
Paul Reed victory tour bus. I'm, I'm all on it. If it happens, it happens. Great. But I don't see that happening for a guy in his mid twenties entering his, what is it? Fourth season. Yeah. I mean, he's trying to get his team to the conference semis though, to get his fully guaranteed contract. Yeah. So I, I, I don't see it, but I'm not saying that it's impossible either. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that for sure. Um, that being said, I, I'm not sure what exactly is going to happen with Paul, uh, with PJ or Paul Reed. I mean, look, if Paul Reed can be a power forward, look, that that kind of helps a little bit on jam, uh, you know, unclog the log jam of you know center. But still, we don't have enough wings, and I, I kind of feel like that was Nick Nurse's problem in. Like he he was overloaded on like the like big guys that he didn't have enough small guys or you know in Toronto and I feel like the problem is that we don't have any enough in between guys between like small guards and big wings. I mean Daniel yeah. House is still only six six. Cork Cor- is six seven, but a defensive liability. I I you know we don't have any like we don't have any like quote unquote OG Ananobi type players and that that's a problem too so i i don't know we'll see what happens who knows maybe a hardened trade could help alleviate some of that but we'll have to wait and see on that but let's let we're, we're gonna s- step away from the current sixers and talk about a former sixer and jonathan i know i know that you're probably sick and tired of talking about this guy but my favorite topic we got to talk about him we got to talk about ben simmons and i know Honestly, our listeners, my favorite topic <laughs> Uh, and some of our listeners are like, Lucas, why are we talking about Ben Simmons? He's he's trash. He hasn't done anything. Well, for it, it, might, it, might, it might it might affect, you know, the, this whole entire James Harden scenario in, in a sense. So just hear me out. I was I was watching uh, NBA Today on YouTube today when I was uh, rearranging my living room and um, I was listening to Mark Spears on there. And uh, apparently, apparently, Ben Simmons is the healthiest that he's been since before he left Philly. And he is expected to be their starting point guard and to pick up back where he left off in terms of like how he produced uh, because of his his ability, his availability now. So let me ask you the first initial reaction when I told you that you can tell the because we I told you that before we got on. So what was your initial reaction when you read that message from me? Okay, hold on. You're telling me that Ben Simmons has promising off-season news. I know, Stunning, right? <laughs> Unreal. Has that has that ever happened before? Every single off-season. Um, man. All right. So you texted me this a couple hours ago, and I was like, "You're you're actually kidding." Like what? Like what? Uh. I mean, right, people, when he was in Philly, it was like, man, do you see these three-point videos he's putting up? That was multiple summers that people did that. Uh, so cool. He's in the best shape he's ever been in. It's July. I honestly don't care. That's like, uh, it, it just, it, it really makes me laugh. Like, I genuinely laugh. Like, okay, initial reaction is, great. Ben's going to get out there and he's going to be playing. That's what all Brooklyn wants to hear. That's what New York fans are thinking. If any Brooklyn fans are listening to this podcast, let me tell you, it means absolutely nothing. Like <laughs> Ben Simmons is the best best NBA offseason player in the history of the in the history of basketball. Wow. Like I don't know what else there is to say, but that was my initial reaction. Now about you? 
Well, look, I Mark Spears has a pretty good track record. He called, you know, the Sacramento Kings becoming a threat in the West last year, last offseason. So I, I believe him when he says that Ben Simmons is healthy and that he will be the starting point guard going into training camp. Now, will Ben Simmons produce at the same level that he was in Philly? I I don't know. I don't think so. But I I believe that what he he reported is the intention of the franchise and where Ben's health is. I, I don't discredit the report. I just discredit the the expectation that the Nets have that Ben Simmons will return to his form. But let's just say he does return to his can he do you think he can return to his former self if he is healthy? No, absolutely no. And I would have put an adjective before that no that we can't say. Uh there's no way. I mean, we saw it. He was his best the first couple of years, and he's fallen off a cliff. I, if he comes back to all-star form, I will, like, eat crow. I am going to be stunned. I have no faith that he will ever return to his former self. What about you? I Look, if Ben said, I think if he re- can return to his former self, that means he's beaten his mental demons. And if he's beaten his mental demons, then that means he's going to be even better than his former self. Because I think all the shot problems were all mental. Because, you know, in a recent interview, have you ever listened to Paul George's podcast? I haven't. Okay, well, I suggest you should. And to our listeners, it's it's not bad. It's still not as good as ours, but, you know, that's not the point. Um, I was listening to it, and he had Mikael Bridges on, and they were talking about Ben Simmons. And one of the things that Paul George and Mikael both, you know, attribute to is that during, like, pickup games during the summer, Ben's shot is wet. So we know that it's not the, it's, it's, <laughs> the summer. Yeah, yeah, no, just listen to me. Just listen to me. If Ben can get past his mental hurdles, then he's going to be, be even better than what he was before. But I don't believe that's going to be the case. But let's okay. just, yeah, let's just say for sake of argument, he does. What does that mean for the Brooklyn Nets and how good of a team that that can they be if they get all-star Ben Simmons, all-defensive player Ben Simmons? What does that mean for them? Okay, I'll live in this fantasy world. Yep. If for live some, if somehow he becomes all-star Ben Simmons, I mean, they're pr- – I still think they're below the top tier. The top tier in the East is Boston, Milwaukee. I like to think Philly, although you get questionable at times. And the Heat are that fringe team, too. After the Heat, I think there is definitely a fall-off. And I think that even if the Nets get all-star Ben Simmons, still below that. I mean, they're good. They're young with Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson. Like, they got some talent. Um I think that they're a decent team and they're a threat because they're young and athletic and Ben provides great defense if he's at that all-star level. But I still don't think they're like competing seriously in the East. What about you? Uh, I think they'll be a playoff team for sure. I mean, they might even be like, you know, fourth or fifth seed. I mean, it just depends on what type of Ben Simmons we get. Because I think Mikael Bridges is going to be an all-star this year. I think that that's a good chance. He was really breaking out last year. He has the he has the temperament for it. He has the skills for it. I think Mikael Bridges will be an All Star, and if Ben Simmons is back to his All Star form, that's two All Stars and a really good supporting cast. You can make some noise. I think their ceiling would probably be second round of the playoffs. You know, maybe, maybe first round, but I think they're a playoff team, like top six team in the East. Okay. Yeah. Um, one other question that I have for you, though, 
if he does return to form in this fantasy world of ours, and he goes on to have multiple successful seasons with the Nets, and this you know James Harden thing ends uh, you know during before or during the season, does does that mean the Sixers lost the ben, the the James Harden trade? I mean, honestly, it depends what he goes on to do. In my mind, I think I find it hard for them to lose the trade because. If Ben was at his peak with KD and Kyrie and they, they actually had some noise to make, maybe. I mean, if, if Ben's an all-star and the team's in like middling, second round, maybe even one conference finals, I still think it's hard to say that we would lose. We had a great – like we had a good chance last year and it just – we came up short. But I think like the immediacy of the return we got and how bad it looked for Brooklyn, I, I think it would be hard for us to lose the trade. I don't know about you. Um, yeah, no, I, I think the, the immediacy return of the trade, I mean, look, none of the assets that we, I think they only have Ben Simmons and one second round pick left because Seth Curry's gone, Drummond's gone. They traded that other pick uh, from 2023 to uh, Utah for uh, Royce O'Neal. Remember the famous, what is what are they yeah. doing? What's going on in Utah or whatever yeah. the Brian Windhorse thing was. But um, no, I think... I think that overall, it's probably a good move for all. I, I think that the Sixers won the immediacy of the trade, and maybe like it, you know, basketball historians will look back and maybe be like, oh well, maybe in the long term, you know, the Sixers lost out. But at at the same time, we weren't going to get Ben Simmons back regardless. And getting a an, you know established All Star, getting a guy who averaged ten assists a game for, in his first full season with the Sixers, I you know what. Take it as a win. You know, you weren't going to get Ben Simmons back. Hopefully you can flip Harden into something else. But, I, you know, I, I think we're okay in the analogs of the Sixers lose the trade. No, I don't think they lost the trade. They might have not won it in the long term, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I just think if Ben Simmons is, like, self-aware, and you would hope he is, like – you know how much people like now make fun of the off season, like looking great. If this was, if like you had this news, just like keep it on lock. Like I don't want anyone talking about how good I look in the off season. I just think you should have like, you know what the narrative is. Like I don't want to hear that you're good in another off season. I find it kind of funny, but we will see. So I don't know what you did this weekend. I had a fun weekend, but neither of us had a better weekend than Joel and Beat. So married his Embiid, model wife. Good. He married his model wife, correct? And yes, congrats to Joel. We need congrats. the clapping applause uh, that Uriah had. There we go. So he had a lot of his teammates there and former te- former teammates. George was there, uh, but Tyrese, Tobias, but James Harden did not go. What are your thoughts? Is that a big deal? Um. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, James Harden was at the white party, and maybe, maybe something's happened with the negotiations. I, I don't think that whatever's happening with James, you know, him not showing up. I don't think it's like, like the big, you know, like screw you to Joel and B. The, the James's problem was with the organization. I'm sure whether it was Joel didn't invite him, which I find hard to believe, or James didn't come, possible. I, I just don't think it's personal or as relevant in the grand scheme of things with the Sixers. Yeah, I you know, I tend to agree. Like, who knows if Harden had other obligations or other plans ahead of time? Totally possible. But obviously with, like, 
the scenario that's going on right now, people are going to read into that. So I kind of tend to agree with you on that. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't read too much into it. Now, Jonathan, for our last dun, dun, dun. Minute, we are going to continue with the with the position rankings. And as you know, because you you proofread it and posted it. I did. I finished the power forward ones, like I said I would last podcast, yep. and it is out. It's been out for you know since this morning, and we're gonna talk about where PJ Tucker is. All the lists. Are you ready for <laughs> this? Are you are you ready to scrutinize me to the level Chris did? Or are you gonna actually agree with me a little bit on this? I like this article. Just giving ahead of time, I think this was a really good one. So go read it. Um, I probably will not criticize you as much as Chris, but we can check it out. Okay, fair enough. So, starting at number 30. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. And now this this could change depending on, I, I think some, obviously this stuff can change. You know, obviously I got the Bradley Beal, Devin Booker position mix up. And then of course now we got, I have to replace, uh, you know, uh, ben uh, Spencer Dinwiddie with Ben Simmons on the point guard ranking, so that's that's kind of weird. But currently, unless you know, unless like Christian Wood signs there, or you know, Kevin Love makes a big step back in terms of his production, Kevin Love's thirty here with the Miami Heat. Twenty nine is PJ Tucker. Look, I, 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 you know, well, let me get through the first five, and then we'll go from there. So then we, we got Keita Bates Diop. At 28 for the Suns, Nicholas Batum at 27, and Jabari Smith Jr. at 26. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, so obviously you look at Kevin Love, you got the name, but I think you're right. Like, I, I he's not at the point where even if he's starting, he's not pr- able to provide as much as he used to. Um, you said he's gonna play like 20 minutes a game, maybe. Yeah, and you said we could find out where PJ Tucker is. That if you're a Sixers fan, you don't have to go far. Slide one. Um, I, I at first was like, wow, I don't know about that, but going through the list, I think you're right. And it's just kind of tough to think that the starting power forward likely for us is probably one of the worst in the league. So I didn't have any issues with it, but definitely interesting. Now I, I will say this Keita Bates Diop was really, was a steal for the Suns. This guy's a three and yep. wing six, nine shot 39% from the three point line last year. Really good defender can finish around the rim. Nicholas Batum's a glue guy. And Jabari Smith Jr., let me be clear on this. If he plays like he did in, in the regular season, like he did during Summer League, this is way too low. The guy killed it in Summer League. Absolutely loved it, yep. as a second-year player should. I, I think we, he might be one of the bigger jumps on this list that could happen. All I right, next, next 25. Here we go. 25, Pat Williams. The antithesis of potential that's not being used. Uh, 24 is Jared Vanderbilt of the Lakers. 23, Obi Toppin, got a new change of scenery. He could be also be in for a big jump here with the Pacers. 
22 is Al Horford of the Celtics. Could be Kristaps Porzingis either way, but I, I uh, Kristaps would obviously be higher, but I think Al Horford, I put Al Horford here because he's shorter and power forwards are supposed to be shorter than the centers most of the time. Am I right? And then, yes, yeah. Deke Bay, number 21. Jalen uh, Johnson could claim this spot, but I'm going to go with the veteran and Sadiq Bay for now. Yeah, so only things here. I think Al Horford could be higher. I, I mean, at the end of the year, he did not play great in the playoffs. He did have a good regular season. He's so reliable for the Celtics. I feel like in that system, he he can be higher. And and I wanted to touch on Patrick Williams. Like you said, I mean, he was like the fourth pick. I think he was the fourth pick, and he was like the sixth man in college. So, like, absolute potential. He's someone like Jabari Smith who – you're hoping can jump up this. this he's not going to jump, but here, here's the problem. In my article, I wrote it. He's stuck. He's like fifth or sixth on the pecking order on offense. He's not going to, yes. he's a role player. And it's I a know. shame because he has all the tools to be something more, but they're going to pigeonhole him into that. Yeah. We haven't seen it. Uh, yeah. I, I, I wish he could get more of a chance to shine and, and we can see his potential, but yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, Jared Vanderbilt could be him. It could be Rui Hachimura. Could, heck, Jackson Hayes, Hayes could start at center and have uh, Anthony Davis at the four. But I'm going with Jared Vanderbilt based on sheer amount of starts last year for the Lakers. Obi Toppin. Yep. He finally, I am so happy for Obi Toppin because he was stuck. He was stuck behind Julius Randle. Wasn't going to get any playing time. He's going to start in, in Indiana. And I think he's going to explode because he has a floor spacing big and – Miles Turner. So he's going to have the paint all to himself. He's going to be a highlight reel slam dunk champion. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Al <laughs> Horford. Look, Al Horford's going to be 38 this year, dude. And as, and he's going to be even less of a priority on offense. I, he has the skills, but I just think, you know, same thing with PJ and I'm giving Al a little bit more grace than PJ here. I, I just think, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be hard for him to be so productive at that age. Yeah, I agree. And I like Sadiq Bay. Anyway, next group. 20, Grant Williams. 19, Miles Bridges. 18, Harrison Barnes. 17, John Collins. 16, Boyan Bogdanovich. Okay, Not so I would, I would have John Collins a little lower. I think that, again, he at times, maybe two, three years ago, looked great. Recently, I just have not been, I don't know, not been pro John Collins. I think, again, he has potential, but I don't think he's shown it like last year. The I, most I, I think the thing, change of scenery is going to be exactly what he needs. And they're going to need his scoring right. more. He's going, to need, he's going to need their scoring. They're going to need his scoring more than Atlanta did. So I'm, I think he's going to have a resurgence. You but might I, be right, and I, yeah. I hope so. The most interesting thing here is Miles Bridges, right? Yeah. He didn't yeah. play for a whole year. So, like, you have him at 19. I think that's fair because we don't know exactly what he is. He I mean, was going to get – I mean, he was going to get a super max. Yeah, he was. And, you know, he and, made some really poor decisions, and that's cost him. And I think until he proves his his ability to be – because, like, before then, his before last, that year, he didn't have – whole bunch going for him like he was like a 12 point per score uh, 12 points per game score type deal yeah so he had a like, really big breakout I, I i hope that he balances back for his sake but i you know we'll have to wait and see on that we'll, we'll have before, to wait so yeah so before his suspension like wasn't wasn't his 
like the year his first Lamelo's first year in the league was the year before his suspension. So I feel like he didn't get the like chemistry to build with Lamelo, and and I think that Lamelo's obviously taken a lot of steps, and he's a much better player. Having bridges across from uh, Brandon Miller, we don't know what he is, but he can draw some attention. I think there's definitely young talent that can draw some attention away from Bridges, and you hope he can get back to that form. But, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, I think 19's fair. Okay, yeah. All right, next group. 15, Cameron Johnson of the Nets. 14, Evan Mobley of the Cavs. 13, Josh Giddy of the Thunder. Uh, 12, Kyle Kuzma of the Wizards. And 11, former Sixer, Jeremy Grant. So I think Evan Mobley's better than everyone on this list. Uh, mm, okay. That's pretty much my take. I think Josh Giddy is might also be up a couple. Um, like in the he might I he would only jump a couple, but he might jump Kuzma, maybe Grant, probably not. So you probably haven't made, but I do think Evan Mobley's the best in this eleven to fifteen range, and I'm so high on him. I think with, I mean, having Donovan Mitchell and Colin Sexton, not Colin Sexton, Dennis Garland. Like I think he gets. Like he's really kind of underrated, under talked about in that lineup because it is the the guard heavy thing, um, and he's young. I actually think he's going to be a really strong strong power forward. So so here's my thing on Evan Mobley. Um, they if he's going to continue playing power forward, he can't shoot 22 percent from the three point line. I think that's what he shot is in the low 20s. I can't remember the exact, but I think he shot like 22 23 percent from the three point line last year. Uh, that's part of my, and he was a non-factor in the playoffs offensively, and he's too, he's still too thin to be playing center full time. And, you know, if he can play center, then cool, slide him down there, you know, where you don't have to worry about his three point shot. And then you can trade Jar- Jared Allen, you know, for really good pieces. You, you look, if you trade Jared Allen, you can get yeah. really good you know, wing players that they desperately need because, uh, you know, Max Struess and George's Niang's are nice, but that's not going to win you a championship. Yeah. Like, yeah. Max Struess. No, no, no. I want you to think about this. So my, the starting perimeter for, for the Cavaliers right now, six foot Darius Garland, six foot one, Donovan Mitchell, six foot five, Max Struess. That is the smallest perimeter attack of any starting team in the NBA <laughs> right now. Yeah, match them up with Boston, who's everyone's six six and above. Yeah, so that's you know, so I I don't think Evan Mobley's too low. I think Evan Mobley's exactly where he needs to be because offensively he hasn't taken that step. And look, if he can become like even like as like Jaron Jackson Jr., he's taken a step. If he could become what Jaron Jackson Jr. is on offense, you know what? That's good enough. But he he, he hasn't done that yet. Yeah, uh, Josh Giddy, he's more of a small forward, and honestly. I, you know, I thought of a, a more athletic version of this player, and I think that Josh Giddy fits this pretty well. A more athletic version of Hito Turkoglu. Tell me that I'm wrong, and I will. I, I, but I don't think I am. I don't know. I think it's too early to tell. Look, I, there's some similarities. He's a better defender because he's more athletic. But I like the the offensive game. Outside of you know, he needs more of a three point okay. shot. But I the out the offensive game and the size reminds me of Hito so much when Hito was in Orlando. Um, That's fair. Yeah, no, I think Guzma and Grant are exactly where they need to be. Are you ready for the next five? I am. Number ten, Victor Wembanyama. Number nine, Cat. 
or Carl Anthony Towns. Eight, Jaron Jackson Jr., seven, Draymond Green, and six, Aaron Gordon. All right, so this is the one where I probably have the most like comments. I okay. think that Wembenyama is isn't he center? No, he's not. Uh, Zach Collins is going to start a power forward. I mean, start at center. Zach Collins? All yeah, right. Zach. I mean, yeah, yeah, Zach Collins. Okay, so yeah. that that's shocking, but yeah, Wembenyama again as we're talking about potential. It'd be, yeah, put him at the power forward. Potential could be the best, but I think this is a good spot for him then. What I was going to say about Cat is I genuinely – I'm not at 5-1. to one. I'm not on the 1-5 to five slide yet. I think Cat could – has the ability to maybe be the top one, top two or three on this list. He has not, like, accelerated it or shown it, but his skill set and, like, if he's really playing – I mean, we've seen games where he blows up. So I do think 9 is fair, but I think that there's a lot of potential for him to move up. So let me – Note a few things here. One, Cat can never be a top three at any any either power forward or center position because he doesn't defend. He does not defend. He cannot defend. That is why they brought in Rudy so, so, Gobert. So, so, and yeah, that's so that's that's why he's not in the top five here because he can't defend. And these other guys ahead of him certainly can. Offensively and offensively, last season, granted he was dealing with an injury for most of it, but he only averaged twenty points per game. So Cat needs to show that he can he's adjusted to the power forward position and he can defend on the perimeter. So if he can do that, he'll be higher. All right. So Draymond Green. Yes. I okay. Again, I know this is like with their team, how they're playing. With the Warriors, he is top seven. I get that completely. I think Are you, you gonna be one of those people? Hang on, hang on. Are you gonna be one of those people to say if he was another team, he wouldn't be nearly as good? Yes, it is, and it's uh, a fact. I'm not trying to critique uh, him. I'm gen- I genuinely think that if you put him on a different team, he would not be as good. I don't think his skills would be appreciated as much, but I think he'd be just as good. I just don't think – I would say he wouldn't be top ten. I think, again, with the Warriors, this makes sense. Okay. Do you have anything to say about Aaron Gordon? No, I like it. Okay, yeah, no. Look, Aaron Gordon has found the perfect place for him. Because, honestly, when he first came into the league, I thought, oh, this is Blake Griffin 2.0. And then I realized, no, he's not Blake Griffin. But what he is, is that he his basketball IQ is very high. He knows when he can take advantage of people offensively with his bully ball. He's like one of the few power forwards that actually bully balls people. And I like it. I, you definitely saw it in the playoffs. And yep. defensively... Yeah. I mean, look, there's not very many guys that can guard LeBron James and Jimmy Butler and, you know, those type of guys, you know, that well and still body up at center, too. So I, I got to give to Aaron there. All righty. Ready for the top five. Number five. Let's do it. Number five. Paulo Bancaro. Magic. Number four. Zion Williamson, who apparently, by the way, I don't know if you got the ESPN notification, his parents are being sued for not paying back a, a $2 million loan from a tech company. Didn't uh, know that. Yeah, just it came up on my phone during the podcast earlier. Number three, Julius Randle. Number two, Pascal Siakam. And number one, you can probably guess, Giannis Antetokounmpo. All right, I like this. Only thing is, I'm not a big Julius Randle guy. I get he's a multi-time all-star. At times, the best player on the Knicks. I just don't. 
I just don't love his his play. Um, I would, dr- I mean, I'd drop him maybe down eight, nine, even ten. I know wow. that might be a far drop. I know I'm not a big Julius Randall. It's not just hating the Knicks. I just don't. I don't know. He's like he's streaky at threes. I know he's a really good player at times, but I, I just am not as high on him as the others. I love Paolo Bancaro at one at five. I mean. Remember, like, all the talk was Chet Holmgren one, Chet Holmgren one. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the magic. Like, uh, actually, I thought it was Jabari like, Parker one. I've heard, I was hearing Jabari Parker. Jabari Smith. One. Jabari Smith, yeah. I mean, yeah. it wasn't Paolo Bancaro. Did I say Jabari Parker? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Uh, Jabari uh, Parker, number two, number two pick ahead of Joel Embiid. Yeah, yeah, no, Jabari Smith. My bad. Though, I, I feel bad for Jabari Parker. Side note, he, his knees gave out on him because he could have had a good, solid NBA career. Man, he was talented. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, Paolo Bancaro, I think, is a great player. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can bring. And I think that he uh, – I'm the Magic made the right pick. I mean, yeah. we, we don't know what Chet's going to be. He obviously sat out the year. But Paolo's uh, – he's built for the NBA right now. So, I honestly – I like this list. Uh, clearly, no argument at number one. I like two. Um, I think you, I, I honestly think this is one of the better ones. Yeah. Look, I mean, Zion would probably be too, if he was healthy, but he's not, he's never healthy. So I feel like dropping him two spots is appropriate. Paulo, we need to see him being more of an efficient scorer and becoming more of a, you know, two way player on defense. Uh, but you know, he, he definitely, I mean, how many rookies have averaged 20 points per game their rookie year? Not very many. I think what Kevin Durant, LeBron James, I don't know who else. Yeah. Like, I don't even think Luca did. Or maybe Luca did. I don't maybe remember. Kevin Garnett, maybe? Uh, I don't know, man. Kevin Garnett. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe That's, AI? I'd have to check, dude. I'd have to check. <laughs> um, no, nobody recently. If we're going back that yeah. far, then that means it hasn't happened recently. Um, look, I am a big Julius Randle fan. In some ways, honestly... I think him and Zion are very similar players. I mean, Zion obviously has more touch from outside, and he's more of a bully ball type guy, and he's shorter, but they're both ball handling power forwards. They can create for others. They can create for themselves. Julius Randle can bully people. He has a solid mid-ranger for the most part. Like The biggest problem with Julian and I, Julius, and I said this in the article, that he needs to show, show up in the postseason because he's done everything else besides that. Pascal Siakam, look, I'm going to be honest, even if Zion was healthy, Pascal, it'd be hard. It'd be hard not to have him number two because Pascal is a, how many, like, seriously, he is a complete two-way player. That means not only does he, you know, he can he score on all three levels on offense and he's a solid defender. He also rebounds, he's shot blocks, he play makes, he does everything. This guy, uh He's going to get traded, and I think he's going to get. There's going to be a haul for him. Yeah, dude. Who knows? Um, I did look it up though, and it was twenty point six rebounds, three and a half assists. The only people to do that were Michael Jordan, Walter Davis, Larry Bird, Blake Griffin, Luca, and Pala. Wow! Even LeBron James didn't hit that mark. That's impressive. Probably so, missed the assists or something for a rookie year. Yeah, I don't know. But my, my point being here is that, you know, Paolo's going to be special. Um, the Magic are primed to make a move, by the way. They got the, they got draft capital that they can trade, and they got young players. I They have too many young guards. They need to trade somebody. They I think too many young guards. I think I think both Suggs and, and Cole Anthony are going to be on the tra- trading block. 
I mean, who knows? But yeah, that, I mean, that does sound surprising, but they have so much young talent. Yeah, they're going to maybe in a couple of years, them and the Thunder, right? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. I mean, Thunder might be a problem this year, to be honest. We'll have to wait. And I wouldn't see. be surprised. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see if Chris wants to co- complain about this list. He hasn't messaged us yet, so, so far, so good. He's going to wait on the centers list and then come on and hit both of them, probably. I, not to be too much of a tease here, but I'm interested to see his reaction of, at the, uh, of the top five. Okay. Because I've already, no, I, I, when I did all these rankings, I made all the rankings first. I've just been writing these out. Like I did all. Well, if it's people. not if it's not Jokic number one, he'll be on. He'll text you within I, I, minutes I, of the article. I am not going to say either way because I want our readers to actually check it out. So that being said, I think it's time for you to play us out, Jonathan. Yes, it is. I pre- we appreciate everyone listening, and we got some good guests coming in the next couple weeks. So please stay tuned for that. One of them obviously will likely be Chris. Um, but we appreciate everyone listening to us. Go read our work at the Sixer Sense. Lucas is putting up these great uh, slideshows of best offseason rankings. Four are up right now. We're still waiting on the centers. Obviously, he told you you're going to want to see who makes the top five. Um, oh, and please. after the after this, uh, assuming that uh, after a Dame Lillard trade, there's going to be a big three article coming out whenever the Dame Lillard trade happens. There you go. Another tease. So, yeah, continue to check our website, read our work. We appreciate everyone listening. You can listen to us on Spotify, Google Play, Odyssey, anywhere you get your podcast. Please listen to us. And until next time, go Sixers. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.